like I deserve that. Complained so many times about that coming in quiet, and that really came in loud this time for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to tell where it's supposed to be. Uh huh. I just, <laughs> I mean, you gave me what I've asked for so many times. For everyone else, it sounds normal. Uh huh. For us, just now, it was. <laughs> yeah, my ears are kind of. Uh... They're, they've got the vibration. They've my, got the after tremors. What's going on? Ears. My left ear has been fucked up ever since this weekend. Like, if I do this, I open my jaw, I can hear this like... Samuel Left Ear Lopez. Well, I got two theories. One, usually a monitor when I play shows is on my left. And man speaker can't not have it as loud as fuck. Okay, so damage. And two... I always listen to podcasts and music at work, mostly in my left ear. So my left ear is constantly being pummeled by sound waves. And that's probably not going to be good for what I call my left ear. It's always what you call it. Yeah. It's like you have special names for everything. Yeah, go ahead. Ask me what I call something. Sam, what is this right here? Now, Michelle, that's what I would call a notepad. Ooh. Do you think I was going to say book? I did. That's what I call a note-taken pad of paper. I think it's a pad. That makes sense because it doesn't flip sideways. It flips on top. It's not a full... Isn't that what would make it a pad? Because like a legal pad, you would flip it on top. What makes it a pad, man, is when you get some chairs inside there and you call it your pad, bro. (laughs) Or when you bleed too heavy for a tampon. Hello, welcome to Couple of Critics Podcast. Hi, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I don't... So tampons go in, pads just sit in the undies. Is that what's going on? Correct. I'm 34 and I'm figuring this out now. Yeah. So, okay, I got two questions. (laughs) First of all... What do most women prefer? Um, I think it it really depends on the woman because you do get more cramps from wearing tampons because it's constantly because there's something your- physically in there and your muscles are swollen and contracting and uh, so what what's wrong with pads? Is it that they just might not catch everything? It's just it's messier. Gotcha. And two. What do you prefer? <laughs> tampons, right? I prefer tampons, but at this point in my life with medication and such, like, you know, like female medication, I don't bleed enough to really need anything. Huh. It's all very light. Gotcha. So you're just bleeding inside the pants. I, no, I just bleed inside my own vagina, and then when I stand up, I need to go wipe. <laughs> So it's because like things not are going to run out. out most of the time. Correct. Unless I'm on my feet a lot. If I'm on my feet a lot, you bet that fucking hole gets plugged. <laughs> People loved that conversation. People probably love none conversations <laughs> that they hear. So again, a couple of critics podcast. Welcome. I am Michelle. I'm Sam. And, and <laughs> Sam Pond. Because <laughs> I put you in my vagina. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross, isn't it? <laughs> no good time according to my dreams that i have almost every night is that why you were whimpering this morning that's almost always why i wake you up whimpering is because you tell me that you don't love me anymore and that i'm just disgusting to you and uh there's nothing i can do to change it so are you whimpering in your sleep and not awake yet 
Correct. And then I touched you and you woke up? Correct. Okay. No, I whimpered. I laid there and whimpered until I woke you up so you would come for me. <laughs> I've woken up and had to calm down for like a minute. Yeah, that's not what Still. happened. Okay. You woke me up. Gotcha. I woke you up and you woke me up. I was the hero this morning. You are the hero! Right after being the piece of shit, I guess? No, you're not a piece of shit. It's It makes total sense that you would fall out of love for, with me because of how I've let myself go. And that I'm not the person that you married. I'm not the person you married. It's true. You were a mess when I married you. <laughs> a drunken mess with gnats in his room that hung out. But God, it, I miss those guys. Now they just hang out in your pants. Uh, so, a couple of critics uh, podcast. Uh, well, we do every week since this is a weekly uh, show. Uh, which, by the way, prize to you. It's all on you. What's on me? Is that you are the one who keeps me able to do this every week. Like, if this was just mine, I would not be able to do this every week. It would have ended like the Abe podcast. (laughs) The Abe podcast hasn't ended. I just seem to, even when I have the time for it, I'm just not interested in doing it. You're just not driven. But then all the other times, I'm like, man, I really want to get back to that. And then, you need a hero. Yeah, it'll come back. I've been doing it a lot at work again. That seems to make it come back. Well, I hope it does. So what we do every week is that we uh, share media with each other. Usually it's music. Sometimes it's movies. Sometimes it's uh, TV specials. Sometimes it's a handshake and a game. Yeah. And um, (laughs) Good job, Sam. We talk about it, and we share opinions with each other. We, as you say, review... Yes. Each other's things and we talk about it. And the most fun thing is that we get to hear things that we wouldn't normally hear, either from guests coming on or just because you and I are often on different ends of the spectrum when it comes to music that we like. I've said this before. If it was a Venn diagram, there'd be plenty in the middle, but there's a whole lot on the outside. Plenty of overlap. Whole lot of no overlap. Yeah. Is there... Is there an opposite of overlap? Like underlap? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a, a fupa, though. A fupa? <laughs> an underlap. What's a fupa? That's a front a f- upper... I've always thought it was front upper pussy, pussy. area, but it's front <laughs> upper pelvic area. Okay. Um, <laughs> what is the opposite of what? Uh, overlap. Okay, Google. What is the opposite of overlap? We're going straight to Google According themselves. To English Stack Exchange. Standard nominal antonyms of overlap include. Oh, she stopped. Underlap. Is it really on there? There is underlap. Hey! Divider division. You're welcome, Oxford separation, English Dictionary. Underlap. Interesting to no one? I don't know, but now I feel smarter. <laughs> Did you make your phone be English? Absolutely. I always choose an an English accent because I think it's better. It's different. I mean, because you don't get like an Australian accent speaking in in English. You would get, well, I mean, yeah, that's what you would get in Australia. But it's still English. They still speak English. Yeah. So it's not like I'm going to get a Chinese accent on American <laughs> language. <laughs> like, It'd be interesting if you could. You know what mindset to? It sounds like this. Da, what are you looking for, boss? Da. <laughs> that would be interesting if you had a smartphone that sounded like a dumbass. Da, apples on oranges. Da. 
Okay, Sam's phone. <laughs> what is two plus two? Oh, well, I think it's the same as one plus one plus one plus one. Four. It sounds a little smarter than I it's, gave it credit for. It's actually very smart. It's just got a dumb sounding voice. And it takes the long way to get there. This, Instead of two plus two, it went. It all of a sudden broke it down it's also, into ones. It's also very long-winded. <laughs> sure is. A guy showed this commercial to me at work. He was like, you don't have any Melvins working with you? He's like, oh, wait, I guess you do work with Mel. I didn't really know what he was talking about. And then he showed me this commercial where it was a plumber. And the lady's like, what does R-O stand for on the water? And he's like, it's this fucking fat guy with a big, like a too tight of a shirt on. It says Melvin really big on it. He's covered in grease all over his face. He's got a sat or a hat sideways. And he's like, duh, really awesome water. And she's like, awesome for an O. And then the guy comes in and goes, obviously Melvin's never heard of reverse osmosis. Blah, 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 this commercial blah. is really entertaining. It's not at all. But then the guy looked at me and said, I guess you must be too young to know that. And I was like, I'm not too young. I've just never seen it. I know fucking Dick Van Dyke show. All I know is if I make a commercial and someone walks in and says something like there aren't any Melvins in here, then I'm going to run in and I'm going to start giving front wedgie Melvins to all the ladies. <laughs> and I'll be like, there are this many Melvins in here. Isn't that funny? The opposite of a wedgie is a Melvin. Do girls give each other Melvins? Has that ever happened to I'm you sure it or did seen in the, it? It did in the 90s. Oh, uh, yeah. I had a sister who acted like a boy. And she Melvined you? Oh my god, yeah. Huh. I probably. Ooh. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that, if that came up. She's actually gone. Don't call her name because then she will come in here. Sorry. And she'll snore. I had a dream the other day that this guy was hanging out with me and I kept telling everyone about how much I hated him. And I would say, listen to him. He snores while he's awake. He's, he's just breathing and snoring. And then I woke up and it was actually you snoring in the bed and it was creeping its way into my dream. It was fucked up. You're welcome. That's not what you're supposed to say. You're supposed to say. We've had this conversation sorry, already Sam. and I did say that. I'm not apologizing to you every time you bring it I up. I want the world to know. Well, the world knows that I'm sorry. The, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm a sorry sack of shit. <laughs> as long as they got it clear. <laughs> <laughs> clear as poop so sam yeah what are we doing today today we are listening to not my choice no not michelle's choice <laughs> and i'm very interested to see the reaction on this one are you yeah because i'll get into are it you? okay this is the album that i like to call nola by the band that i like to call god damn it it drives me <laughs> crazy you do it with everything down you know what else i like to do is uh you know what doctors call blah 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 blah. blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, by the band down, Nola is the album. Only you don't claim that doctors say it. You only say that you say it, well, as only... if you have any authority or. Well, most people call the band down, and I call the band down. Do you hear the difference there? I really tried to make a difference, and there was none. There was none. But yes, Nola, which stands for. New Orleans, Louisiana. So that is what he meant by it. Yep, that's where Phil Anselmo. That's where he's lives. from. Yes, it's where he's from. It's where he lives. 
That's his hometown. A dirty South. Yep. Very much so. And not like the dirty South, like the dirty South. Yeah, like swamps and bogs and alcoholism and uh, crocodiles. God, I wish I Gators. knew that line from that Kid Rock song. What fucking Kid Rock Doing song? Doing something all in the name of white trash. Or is that a different song? That's a different song. I don't know. I, you I did that one bit about Kid Rock on the podcast <laughs> once. And uh, even that was rough for me to do, even though I knew I was making fun of it. All right. Why don't we start this down you album? Get it going? Yeah, Let's I think it's it time going. to do this. All right. Let me get it up here. <laughs> here we go. First song, Temptations Wings. So this album came out in like 95, right? Uh, I can't remember. I believe it was 95. 19... 95, two days before my birthday, September 19th. So happy 10th birthday to Sam, which I would not have been listening to down at this point. And I'm shocked that it was uh, out that long. Cause I'm surprised they came out that. Yeah, I didn't. I assumed they would have started later than 95. I didn't know that this was something that went side by side with Pantera. With Pantera. All the other guys were in bands too. Uh, James Pepper Keenan. He's in a very underground very known band called James uh, Pepper Keenan Pepper James Keenan actually I think or wait something like that it's not Maynard James Keenan no because that sounds pretty yeah, similar right. I might be <laughs> fucking that one <laughs> I know it's Pepper Keenan yeah just Pepper Keenan take out the James Pepper and Keenan yeah he was in a band that for some reason I can't remember the name of right now uh, Kirk Weinstein he was in a band called Crowbar he still is so these were all guys and Jimmy Bauer, he was in a band called I Hate God, spelled E-Y-E. I Hate God. Oh, uh, why? Why was it spelled like that? Yeah. I don't know. I've never listened to I Hate God. Not once. Although I should probably check it out. But it was like, it was guys that were already in the scene and maybe heroin junkies. So that's why they got together. I don't know. I definitely know Phil ended up being one. So he was a heroin junkie at this time? I'm not sure if at this time. He probably <laughs> might have dabbled. I really don't know Phil's... Drug um, history? I know his drug history of what he was into, but not. Like, but I don't know timeline. Chronological timeline. Yeah, exactly. But I do know Jim that... <laughs> See, <laughs> what I was interested in knowing your reaction... <laughs> Awesome. Anyway, I was interested because sometimes the music, I think, is almost into something that you not would like, like, but tolerate. Well, I can tell you. But I know the vocals would I think, not be your thing. I think there are a lot of songs on here that make Down sound like a bar band. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Which I don't sure. even know what that even means. I don't think that's necessarily, like, fair. Drinking band? Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to be Black Sabbath, basically. I think that the music, yeah. I I did get that feeling a couple times, and it, it made me think of, it's like how I like Black Sabbath's music, but I don't like Ozzy's voice. And it's not even necessarily Phil's voice, because it's not like he's... Yeah, I don't know, because sometimes I think he sounds terrible. But I think I just don't like his attitude. I don't like his attitude, mister. 
Well, I know that he doesn't really ever miss notes on this album. It's just I just don't think you like the tone, the timber, whatever you want to say. I think he, he he's really big on, and I think that we went over this during the Pantera episode. I'm sure, yeah. Is that for me, he really epitomizes that I'm a metal guy, but I think I'm a tough guy. <laughs> and I'm going to make it sound like I'm tough. But like, it's interesting that he does like, he does scream and sing. Yeah, yeah, he sings way more on this album than the, uh, what did I give you, Great Southern Trend Kill? Yeah. Yeah, he sings way more on this album than that. Great Southern Trend Kills just balls out. Mm-hmm. This you get like, but he's very victimized of the uh, that like '90s. Uh huh. And I never really noticed that until listening to it, analyzing it this time. Like, well, there's one song in particular that stands out to me, and there's a phrase that he says that I think falls into that category of that sound. A phrase, really. Like the phrase itself, or just the way he says the way the he phrase. says the okay. phrase. Yeah, it, I didn't realize how much Eddie Vedder there was in it. I didn't realize how much Lane Staley there was in it. But he was friends with Lane, so I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that is, and maybe that's their version of doing like a tough guy voice. But I don't think it's necessary. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, his attitude on camera when he's not singing and stuff it is tough guy mm-hmm. it's always and it sounds like it sounds like he's trying to sound like a tough guy like the kind of guy who would like pump his chest up and put his yeah. shoulders out and get in someone's face and be like you talking to me bro <laughs> he would do all you those talking things. to me bro <laughs> he would absolutely do all those things you just said for sure yeah most of the time i'm like you when we listen to metal and you say the tough guy voice thing i'm always like no this dude's a fucking nerd like he's not like that this one, yes, he was like that. He's a lot goofier now since he's not all fucked up all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he was that guy. He was always working out. I think at this point, he's probably still at the peak of his physical condition. He's got abs. He's fucking super muscly. He does those like, pushes his chest out, like does his arms like he's fucking, you know, uh, flexing up. for you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I've seen him three times in concert. And I think two of those concerts, he's called someone out in the audience and told him he's going to kick their ass. So it's definitely a tough guy attitude. But he, would he, or is he mostly talk? <clears throat> would he? Probably no for legal reasons. Could he? At a point in his life, absolutely. I, did he used to? Or did uh, he? was he mostly talk? I'm going to say he was... I don't know personal stories of him having to whip people's asses. I think. I think it's a lot of talk. But I think he could back up the talk. Maybe not so much now because he's an old man. He's gotten much. He's still like big, but he's he doesn't have fat. that drug rage. Yeah, he doesn't have drug rage. He's a lot fatter now than he used Even to be. He was an uh, he was a man who rode on that white on that not white, but he rode the H train, right? He Heroin. rode on that horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. That he, doesn't really give you strength. <laughs> no, no. And a lot of songs later were about how it took away his strength. Like early Pantera stuff, it would be like. Strength. There's a, literally a song called "Strength Beyond Strength," and like it would always be about like power. Yeah, Pantera blah, blah, was blah. really high energy. But later Pantera albums, it's all about like depression and pretty much being an addict and just like shutting himself off from the world. 
and I've watched interviews where he talks about that too, where it's like, there was a point in my life where I was all about energy, all about having fun. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing heroin because of a back injury to kill the pain. And then it got led into painkillers and like suboxone and all that shit. Did he get the back injury from getting drunk and getting in a bar fight and getting thrown (laughs) over the bar? (laughs) Yes. Your back's broken now, motherfucker. Yeah. If he would have gotten the surgery back in the 90s when the doctors wanted him to, but he didn't because he said he was too busy because it would take him out for like two years. He wouldn't have, he might have gone down that same road because he likes drugs. Uh huh. But I don't know if it would have been as severe. And he'll say that in interviews. Like, I was a fucking mess. Like, he says heroin and like Suboxone and anything that they use, you know, treat a drug with another drug. It's like the devil. That's what he always says. It's just this killed my soul entirely. To points where I wouldn't come out of my room. I know the second Down album, he was pretty much comatose during the recording. Like, the album was based off of those guys getting together and having a party, and they just recorded in Phil's barn. But I found out that it was much more of like a fun time party for the rest of the band, and Phil was just like passed out most of the time on heroin. Just snoozing, and then wake up and do your vocal things. And if you watch like videos... Right after the second Down album came out, Phil sounds awful on stage. I was going to say, did, do you like the second album? Oh, I love the second album. Second album, you, you would probably like the second album more, have a chance to like the second album more than this one. It's much more musically broad. They do like general rock and roll songs. But I know at the time he was super fucked up. The live performances are horrendous. Kent and I used to watch this one performance where it's just, he misses... Every single note somehow. You would watch it even though he fucked it up? Oh, we would watch it because he was fucking it up. Like We'd just be like, man, listen how bad this is. Did it make you sad or would you laugh at it? A little bit of both. More sad and sad in retrospect. Not at the time. Because at the time, you didn't really know how bad it was. And you didn't know if it was just straight booze. You knew he was into heroin. Because he had died and been uh, resuscitated. I think it's While also, on tour with Pantera. It also may be different when you have a different perspective when you're older, when you actually know people who have died from drugs. Yeah. And he definitely knows some. <clears throat> Versus it being just like, people say drugs are bad and you can die from them. But like, I'm a kid and I don't really, like, Not I haven't me. seen the effect of it yet. Mm-hmm. And then as you get older and people that you know or family members or whomever start dying because of drug overdoses. Or you've died once yourself. I mean, I have a cousin who died at a truck stop a few years ago because she picked up heroin and uh, was getting pulled over, I think, for something else and panicked and just ate all of the heroin. What? Mm-hmm. Jesus. And she was found dead at the truck stop. Of course. So. Wow. Yeah. So when you know people. <laughs> like, Imagine how bad she felt as she was like in her last moments of life. God. Just like. Passing out all the time, probably puked. Ugh. I don't know. But I've, I've done drugs, but I've never done heroin, and I never will. It's always been one of those drugs that's like, this has never led to anything good for anyone. <laughs> it's always been the one. It's just like, I mean, obviously, it it it's enjoyable because people wouldn't do it if there wasn't a reason, if yeah. there wasn't a, some sort of payoff. Yeah. But the fact that you are that you get so fucked up off of it. 
and that you can lose your life is it's, crazy and not crazy. worth it. And they say that from everything I've read, seen, talked to people who did do heroin, it was great. And then by the time it's not great, you're physically addicted. Mm-hmm. Like you're, Then you're not doing it because you like the buzz. You're doing it because I will get sick mm-hmm. and throw up for three days and just want to die for three fucking days. And that's just the first three days. Like, God, I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. To a song called Lifer, mm-hmm. which I believe our friend Kent Goldsmith has a tattoo that says Lifer. A Lifer of what? Uh, well, the song is generally... He's doing it for two reasons. One, huge down fan. No, two, I guess I meant... Oh, okay, but continue. And then the song is about just dedicating your life to something it can be anything okay you're so, a lifer of something so the song itself is it broad or is you know it speaking what? about something in particular i don't really know lyrics to this album so well because there's a song i'll say like the song that rubbed me the wrong way as being my least favorite yeah. and i felt like it had this like attitude and then i looked at the lyrics i only looked at the lyrics to two songs okay and it it was nothing it did not match the attitude that came across at all. So that's something that like that I think I really struggle with with metal is that I write it off as being I don't want to say less than because I don't know that that's fair but I'm just kind of like ugh. You're always thinking tough guy. Because it because it has a lot of times like the outside the demeanor the delivery sounds like yeah. It's aggro. It's real, yeah. Yeah. And then, but when you, I mean, sometimes the lyrics are much more impressive than you expect, and the writing is better than you expect. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I got that a little bit out of the little, the two lyrics that I looked at, because they weren't at all what I expected based on the mood that I felt came across from them. That makes sense. That makes sense to me, because... Like you're saying, a lot of metal, you you think it's going to be all about, like, hey, man, I'm tough. I'm tough. It's metal. Let's kick ass. But a lot of times, it's about depression and hating yourself. and uh, Or it's just, like, a, a kind of wise look at the world around you in a much better worded, I guess, way than I would expect. So, given a little credit... I give, I give a little credit. Doing. Yeah, I think Phil and Somo is amazing at writing lyrics. I always have. Like he can of the lyrics I know because, like I said, I don't really know the lyrics to this album. Mm-hmm. But lyrics that I do know, they seem to be very uh, introspective, and he can relate things with certain words that, like, you wouldn't expect. By the way, excuse me, Pepper Keenan was a guitar player of a band called Corrosion of Conformity. That's what I was trying to say earlier. I just wanted to get that out. So Pepper Keenan. Yes. Sounds to me similar to like pepper jack cheese. So I'm expecting <laughs> I'm expecting a peppery cheese and I'm picturing um oh my god, how do I uh, uh, Keenan Thompson. <laughs> So it's like Kenan Thompson dressed up as Pepper Jack Cheese. Let's make it happen. (laughs) He's probably done that. (laughs) He has no shame. 
Like, with Phil and Somo's voice, I'm so jealous of his scream. And, like, that tone right there. That tough guy. Like, I never get the tough guy feeling. I understand why. Maybe it's a different perspective because you're a guy and there are more levels to it. And to me, I hear it and I'm just like, that sounds like a guy trying to be like, I'm a guy. (laughs) I'm going to say it's not even solely based on you being a woman. I think it's based off of that and you're just not into metal. So, like, I think a lot of people that wouldn't be into metal would hear it go, oh, that's just Mr. Guy trying to sound tough. Whereas guy who's into metal, I'm like, no, he just wants to scream because metal is fucking screaming. And to me, it's never been I'm tough guy. It's always just been this it, type of music needs this type of vocal or else it won't sound right. Gotta sound big and and powerful. Yeah, I guess. I'm in charge. Yeah! <laughs> but I'm, I'm in charge! I'm, I got a girl! <laughs> Sit down, listen to me. I got shit to say. Now I'm sad. <laughs> That's when I don't, I'm not jealous of the Phil and Salvo voice, is when it's. I love it because I just love Phil and Salmo to an extent. I think he's put his foot in his mouth. A thousand times. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> but, a white nationalist. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely evidence for it. But there's evidence for him to not be. So, But yeah. it doesn't help when you get drunk at a show and you scream, white power. White power! <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> white, white power! And then try and tell people, I'm going to oh, no. beat someone up like a black man. <laughs> I was drinking white wine, so that's why I said white power. Of course he was drinking white wine. <laughs> Only clear liquids in this body. I don't like anything dark inside me. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm from the south. <laughs> Nolens, Louisiana. We're the rebel, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Pillars of Eternity. Ooh, yeah, I love this drum part. The drummer is... Uh, Jimmy Bauer was his, is his name. He was the guitar player in I Hate God. And then he became the guitar player in a later Phil and Selma project, Super Joint Ritual. So him, Jimmy's like in the world of Phil and Selma. So Jimmy may have eaten the world? Yeah, Jimmy may have eaten the world. Okay, interesting. Uh, when I saw Down that one time, they always call it a Bauer power, and he's got it on his kick drum. Okay. I got a chance started, baby. Power, 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 power. I got the whole fucking room to do it. That's right, I'm that guy. You're looking at me like, what the fuck? I guess I I would just not ever be the person to start chanting something. I don't think that's in my nature, unless it's like a group of friends. Well, I may have still been drinking at this point when I saw that concert. In fact, I'm pretty sure I was. I think I'd be more scared. If I were intoxicated. Really? I would be afraid that what I would say would be stupid. Oh. When I was drinking, I 
I'm looking to be stupid. <laughs> it's amazing that some people... Well, you have confidence when you're not drinking. You, yeah, you're, I'm, I'm happy to be stupid at all times. You, you're just... Yeah, you're just a confident person. Oh, do you like that? Oh. That also yeah, sounds like he's trying to sound tough, like he's growling. It's more a moan. He's like I've, a cat! I've watched videos of him doing that kind of shit where he... Goes back here and it's just like this. It's like he's trying to sound sexy. <laughs> I know women fucking loved Phil and Summer back in the day. I worked with a lady at Classic Pizza and I put on Pantera and she went, Oh, is this my man? And I was like, What? She goes, Oh, Phil and Summer. Oh my god. I love him. Fucking love him. <laughs> just go to the bar. You'll find any guy in an affliction shirt that looks similar. Ah, no, no. <laughs> No! <laughs> Phil and Summer would hate affliction shirts. Uh, yeah, but it's not the clothing. It's it's that still that same style of guy who walks around with his chest out, his arms up. <laughs> I'll give you that again, yeah. It's it's more like it's the ego. It's the confidence. It's the, I'm a man, and I'm going to walk through here and I'll give a fuck about you because I'm the manliest man in here. You're nailing it once again with Phil and <laughs> This group isn't bad. Yeah, see, like, I thought there would be parts of this where you're like, oh, I'm actually surprised mm -hmm. that it was as groovy It's definitely as it is. more mellow. I mean, not, like, extremely, but it is more mellow than um, Pantera. Huh? I love that. It's almost like the perfect circle of like how the perfect circle of Tool, it's almost like the perfect circle of Pantera. Is Even though it's not was, Pantera. Was a perfect circle more mellow than Yeah, Tool? you don't like a perfect circle. No, I've only heard what radio hits there were and I never enjoyed it. I don't even like Tool after a certain album because it gets too mellow for me then. It gets too, we're into math. Well, now they sound a lot oh, yeah, more like, like a perfect, a perfect circle. circle. Right? This is interesting how they kind of like ramped up this groove to fade out. I thought that was interesting because it almost, when that happened to me, it sounds like it's going to fade back and come back or something. I could, yeah. If it was at the end of the album, I'm sure they would have. Yeah, so it, I think they do that. It just had that feeling at that song, like it wasn't going to be over because of that riff that they were playing for some reason. It is a very uh, amped up riff. Yeah, it's like, let's, let's go out amped up. And I don't know if that's to amp up into the next song. Like, I don't know what it is, but it definitely leaves, like, a lot of energy kind of hanging on the edge with that, I think. You want to move on to the next song, my dear? Yeah, this I do. A song called Rehab, which Phil and Selma knows a lot about. I've definitely heard this song before. Really? Um, because of you unless you have just sang it at some point I probably have gone long day so you even put that voice on well yeah I know it's there <laughs> yeah, yeah. he almost does that voice when he talks he'll be like yeah, because he's a tough guy. He's got shit to prove, man. Well, I mean, now, if you listen to him talk, he's smoked so much cigarettes in his life that it's literally like this, man. What are you doing? Does he have an uh, like a 
southern accent, like a twang? No, not really. I, I don't think remember. he was like. I don't think he was. Though he was from New Orleans, I don't think he was like a southern. You know, a, a, what do you call it? A, southern speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have that twangy tongue. Uh, no, he's not like down there at the bayou. He's not crazy. He's not crazy. He's going out to buy and get some crawdads and uh, get some new blah. Yeah. It's very blues oriented down songs are. This song. This sounds so of the time to me. Really? Yeah, I think that this sounds I mean, his his vocals make it stand out, but I feel like yeah, I feel like STP could have done this song. Like, I feel like it fits into that. Not here as much, but during the verses, I think it sounds like a, a very kind of like more of a standard grungy song. But I think this makes it sound heavier, of course. Yeah, I like how they can go back and forth. But it's right here. Yeah, that's so 90s grunge sounding. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, he sounded way more grungy on the down stuff than he ever did in Pantera. But Pantera because it was had supposed like, to be more metal. Yeah, and Pantera at once had a whole glam sheen to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like... If you listen to the first Pantera album, Cow- well, the first commercial Pantera album, Cowboys from Hell, and then the last one, Revolution is My Name, it's two, two completely different bands. Speaking of sheen... Yeah? But you didn't see anything about it. But I, Corey Feldman. Feldman. I lost his name for a second. I was just thinking Taylor. I was like, that's not right. Corey Feldman came out with his doc and said, "Who raped Corey Haim?" And he said it was Charlie Sheen. And why is no one talking about it? I'm gonna say it's because nobody believes it. Believes Corey Feldman. They all think he's a nut job. And I've got this torn part of me where it's like do I think Corey Feldman's a nut job or do I think he's just an eccentric guy who got cornered, painted into a corner as a nut job and now you can't believe anything he says well he's totally a Michael Jackson ripoff so yeah but he was friends with Michael they used to dance with each other yeah but he's I mean I don't think he's all there I think it's fair to say that he's not 100% in reality I think he's in his own reality but I when it comes to something like that I don't think he would name someone in a situation like that if he weren't confident about it. Like, I don't think he's out to just ruin people for no reason. No. Long day kill me, Lord. Yeah, there is something not all there with Corey Feldman, but I have never felt that it was enough that he's like crazy and you can't believe him i think he's just Mm -hmm. a very eccentric dude who grew up a star like anyone who grows up most people as a star they end up fucking really weird because their whole life was not a normal kid's life and i think it makes sense that he might have an ego and might inflate some things but i mean you don't i can't say you don't exaggerate rape because some people do but I mean, this story came from... It wasn't his story. It was a story that was told to him. Yeah, and now we can't ask Corey Haim to back it up. 
No, I mean, we can he also ask, loved, but we won't get an answer. He also loved drugs. Feldster or Haim or both? Both, but Haim died of a drug overdose. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And he is saying that Charlie Sheen was like 19 when he raped Corey Haim, and Corey Haim would have been like a young teenager. And this is the first we've ever heard of Charlie Sheen sexually assaulting someone, right? Yeah. I mean, I know we've always heard of him being a party animal, but sexually assaulting someone? And having sex with... Uh, a child? No, I meant like HIV, being HIV positive. Oh. Are we positive he's HIV positive? Yes, he came out and told people. Gotcha. Because someone was going to expose him, so he exposed himself. Yeah, to Corey Haim. <laughs> yeah, to his... Uh, he, he's a backdoor man. God. Apparently he did it in the daylight when they were like filming a movie, like outside. What the fuck? But that's what Corey Feldman says, and apparently no one believes it because no one's talking about the fact that Corey Feldman has named Charlie Sheen as Corey Haim's rapist. Is he the only guy he's named of <clears throat> sexual assault? I think that that was... Was that the main one? The main one. Hmm. Because I, I looked it up after there it was supposed to air, and I know that there were technical difficulties, but it was like a two-night event of this documentary. Yeah, I don't know. But then I, what it said in the story, because I, I looked it up afterwards, and it, it had only named Charlie Sheen. And I was shocked. And then I started Googling stuff, and I was like, why isn't anyone talking about Like, there aren't many stories about it. Like, that's it's just being swept under the rug because of a virus, I guess. Oh, I mean, One virus right, to another. Right? <laughs> Jesus. The virus. This is so fucked up. Yeah. That, like, things are shutting down. It's like... It's really not that much different for me. For you, no. <laughs> because I my car isn't running and I work from home already. So, for me, it's basically the same. It's just that if I do go to the store, most of what I would like to buy is not available. <laughs> you know, I've, I was told that there's people putting online, that like, oh, I went to the store and bought 12 gallons of milk. First of all, you're an asshole for buying all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Stop doing that. Other people need some stuff. And second, what are you going to do with 12 fucking gallons of milk? You can freeze it. You can freeze milk. But it separates. So, yeah, you can't freeze milk. I you mean, shake some, that shit back together? Some people do. I know the on Main Street, the neighbor would because there would be days, and I always thought it was so fucking weird, that she would be thawing a gallon of milk on the back porch. That seems so Disgusting. Gross. In a, like a petri dish of disease. Oh, it's like in a sanitation way, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's fucking gross. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, stop buying fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Get three and go about your day. Don't buy too much to where other people can't buy any, because that stuff is shit. Like those assholes <laughs> who bought all that hand sanitizer and were selling it for like fifty to seventy dollars a fucking bottle, and then they made it to where you can't resell them. Yeah, and then they were like... And now they're fucked. No, we're going to donate these to... Like, you're already assholes, dude. Yeah, don't turn it yes. into a story where you're the good guy. Yeah, do, do donate that. Get rid of it. But uh, do it with your head fucking down. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Well, that lady that was selling rolls of toilet paper for $5 each in a church fucking parking lot? It was out in front of a church, yeah. It's fucking crazy. And I mean, I understand that it's Charmin Ultra Strong. It's the good stuff, if you ask me. But $5 a roll is insane. And that you're doing it 
by the Lord's house. You should be ashamed if you believe in that. And I assume she does, but she just wanted to be a fucking piece of shit. That's so shitty. It's insanely shitty. You have no concern for the actual, your fellow man. People bitch about the media, which I mean, granted, I, I don't watch a lot of news or anything, but it seems from what I've read... That most everyone, like I had someone on Facebook last night freaking out that that we're dealing with martial law right now, that there were army personnel that were like enforcing things. So I looked it up. I looked at multiple different sources and all that's happening is that many different state officials like governors and such are asking for army help because they have... They have facilities, they have beds, so that would allow access to more like medical facilities. Okay. And they have a lot of scientists that are always working towards things in the military so we can, you know, like be ahead on things. So it's kind of like they were asking for their help and their expertise and potentially like some of their supplies if they were willing to offer it and stuff. It's not martial law. We're not <laughs> we're not being regulated. We don't have fucking curfews. They're just saying that you should stay at home unless you want to spread shit to someone who is more susceptible to being sick or potentially dying from it than you. It's usually not about you. It's about other people. Oh, yeah, that's the problem. It's They're just always going to think, they're trying to keep me down. And what's the problem with staying home? That drives me crazy. People are like, I don't want to be home. And it's like, but it's your home that you created. And the people that are complaining about having to be with their own children that they created is <laughs> insane. I know we should probably get into another song, but we that, will when your sp- rant is done. <laughs> but speaking about the virus, I think that that's something I had my manager. We had a, we had multiple phone conferences today, but she was like, I'm going to send my kids over to your house and stuff. And I was just like, I'm going to leave them outside in the rain, yelling profanities through the window. Like, that's not a good idea. Like, I didn't have kids for a reason. You chose to have them. Indulge. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, people are like, I can't, our life I can't handle these. I can't handle these kids. Well, you fucking had them. <laughs> yeah, I can't handle them either. Hence, none in the house. You know, the things that you're always on social media bragging about how yours is better than everyone else's. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, uh, you can't wait to get rid of it. Oh, it turns out I realized how big of a piece of shit I had. <laughs> because I'm a piece of shit myself. And I'm only raising pieces of shit. And that's why I hate this thing. Get it away from me. Next song. Let's go. This is called Hail the Leaf, which goddamn right. Hail the Leaf, baby. I assume this is about uh, cannabis. Oh, yeah. There's two songs on this album solely about marijuana's. This in the last track. I love this riff. Yeah, it's a big riff. So this guy or Dimebag? Huh? This guy's riffs or Dimebag's riffs? They are? What? I'm confused. This guy's riffs or Dimebag's riffs? Are you asking me which I prefer? Yeah. Which are more powerful? I mean, like, what do you prefer? Pantera over Down, I assume? There are more good Pantera albums than there are good Down albums, yes. But then I prefer Pantera. I get more out of Pantera 
because I get to fill in some of the screams. I get the solos by Dimebag, which are impeccable. Is there I, I love Vinnie Paul's drums. Is there something about Down that you like more than Pantera? Or do you think Pantera just kind of wins? I think Down has more of a groove. A more acceptable, generally acceptable groove. Really? Yeah. Like, I think if my mom went to go see Pantera and then went to go see Down, she would probably enjoy Down more. I think that makes sense. I, yeah, I might I'm enjoy Down more. I'm you as well. You as that didn't make any sense. You two as well. I would definitely not enjoy a U2 show. Ugh. Not even a little bit. No. Not even one song. <laughs> but they're just two different, so different bands that it's hard for me to say which one I like more. But yeah, see, he's hitting a bong right here. Uh, oh, that's not, is that real? I thought I assumed it was fake. You don't fake it when you're in down. I don't know what that means. They were they were probably already getting stoned the whole time, so why not just fucking put it on mic? There was a head PE song, I do believe it was. What does that mean? There's this band called Head PE. Oh, okay. And he he's about to take vocal tracks. And he's like, "All right, I'm gonna roll this joint, hit the bong at the same time. Here we go. Roll, roll, roll." And then he like starts screaming on the thing. So yeah, bands always. Stoner bands always take the time to put bong sounds in there, and they're guaranteed really hitting that thing. Why wouldn't you? If you're already smoking pot anyway. <laughs> That's pretty classic. <laughs> Which is called Sweet Leaf. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I said, they wanted to be... They called this band, like, let's get our Black Sabbath on, basically. Let's, let's do Black Sabbath our way. I hate that the guitar does the same thing. Really? Fucking love it. I fucking love it. Yeah, that's the part that drives me crazy. I, I <laughs> it, it, it kind of it rubs me the wrong way because it wow. seems cheesy to me. Really? Mm -hmm. I love it. I absolutely love it. But I wouldn't think that with anything else. If there was a woman playing a piano and her vocals were matching it. <laughs> Like, I, I wouldn't think that. So it's some. I think it's the guitar tone itself. I think that it's so. It's that it's like a higher guitar tone that it has like almost like, almost like a hair metal sound to it, like a hair metal tone. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I don't. I don't mind like the the breakdown that that's happening. Like I don't mind that part of the music. It's just, yeah. It's the guitar matching the vocals that's weird to me. I love getting your perspectives on, on my albums because it's... Because the things that you love are the things that, <laughs> that rub me the wrong way. Well, that, but you say things that I have never thought once, ever. Like, well, you'll say like, oh, this guy sounds like blah, blah, blah to me. And I'll just be like, what? Well, that makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know that that perspective is so crazy. <laughs> Clapping cheeks. All right, let's go on to the last song before we take a break. This is a song called Underneath Everything. It's bluesy Black Sabbath time. Which I think comes from it being New Orleans. I would like it town. better if it didn't have all this stuff in the background. What is that? It almost yeah. like he's trying to sound like a radio or something. When he talks like this. Yeah, when he does that weird thing. I don't understand I don't that. know what it is. He's done it on everything he's ever done. 
Even Pantera? Pantera, for sure. It's not as noticeable. But, like, uh, there's one song, I can't remember what it's called, but it was on, I believe, the album we listened to, Great Southern Trend Kill, where he's like, smoke this. Yeah, but I feel... I notice it so much more in this album than that, so... I think it's because of the Pantera stuff is way more... The music's way more in your face. It's much louder. So there's no time for that. Even though it's definitely there. But yeah, he's he's done that on pretty much everything. Although there's albums that Phil's on that he didn't sing or do anything at all. He played guitar. He wrote a lot of these songs. I believe that. Co-wrote and wrote solely. I mean, it's his band. Does he play music? Like, instruments? He can play a guitar. Not, like, expertly, but he's very good at writing interesting riffs. I think because he's not, like, trained musically, but he can play it. So he's... Sometimes when a guy gets too far into music and, like, understands the building blocks of it, it can get kind of bland, and in their head they're like, yeah, but I used this scale and uh, it goes from the one to the four and uh, whereas a guy like Phil's like I just thought it sounded cool so I played it I don't know what fucking key it's in I just thought it sounded cool Mm -hmm. and I think that helps like Super Joint Ritual that first album he basically wrote and there's and he played guitar on some of it and then there's a band called Arson Anthem he wrote the guitars for that he only plays guitar on it Uh, another band Necrophagist Necrophagia, sorry. Necrophagist is another death metal band. And he plays guitar on that. Doesn't sing at all. But you can tell. Really? If you know Phil and Selmo's guitar riff sound, you can you can tell. He's got a certain style. It's weird that he's not like a guitar player, but he's a guitar player. Yeah, it's a little and, weird. And it's really hard for me to imagine him not being like with what I hear from him and his, like, what comes across, like, his ego and his personality, imagining him not being a person in the front is wild to me. And he's been in, like, two bands that I can think of off the top of my head that he was not the front man. I mean, he was th- he was still the front man. Like, you knew this was a Phil and Selma thing. Yeah. But he wasn't the singer, so you, like, never hear his voice. The Phil and Selma joint. Yeah. And I like... 90% of Phil and Selma's stuff. Which is why I followed Phil more than I followed Dimebag when Pantera split up. Because Dimebag came out with Damage Plan with his brother Vinny. Yeah. Who was the drummer in Pantera. And I don't, from what I remember and what I've heard, I don't really like Damage Plan. Is that who he was playing with that night that he was shot? Shot? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I thought his it was a band with his brother. Yeah. I mean, he's always played with his brother. Dimebag almost got accepted into Megadeth. He was, he got the guitar gig to play in Megadeth, but he was like, well, if my drummer can't, my brother can't be the drummer of Megadeth, then I'm not going to take the role. And so then he stayed with Pantera. I mean, did they have a specific chemistry that... Yes. That I mean, but obviously it wasn't worth it to you because when they were in that band, you didn't... They, they had a chemistry... Whether I like it or not, they had a chemistry that they could just play together very well sometimes when you're I've noticed as a musician yes that's right I'm a musician uh, you do click with other people sometimes like there's just this unspoken somehow we just understand each other it probably helps to be family because you have like I mean you probably have like similar ranges 
I assume. Yeah, similar ages. Most of the time. They both grew up listening to the same albums. They yeah. both wanted the same thing. Yeah, that, that stuff makes but, sense. But even when you're not in the family, like, I've met people on the road playing with Jello or Adam and Corpuside. Like, me and him just or click. We can just... Yeah, Kent Hiltz, yes. Kent Hiltz and I, when we got playing guitar with each other, it was just like... It was an unspoken bond, and we could just look at each other and just give, like, a facial expression. Mm-hmm. And the other person knew exactly what that meant. You guys could figure things out so well. You definitely had a very strong chemistry. I loved playing with Kent Hiltz. It was a... I got jealous of Kent Hiltz a lot. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's slightly better than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's way better than me now. You said technically he's... Oh, yeah. Definitely better. And But in that jealousy, it strived me to get better. Like, when he was in Corpuside... That was probably the best I'd ever played in my life. Yeah. And since then, I, I'm i sure I'm 30% less talented than I was when I was playing with Corpuside. You just don't do it as as often. I know. I fucking miss it. And you're <clears throat> mostly just playing drums these days. Yep. I'm probably playing the drums better than I ever have in my life. That would make sense. But yeah, but you haven't been playing. You used to play guitar all the time. Like I know. Every day when I would be watching something on TV, yeah. you'd be noodling over it. I just, I don't know why. I just never think to pick it up. And when I do pick it up, I'm so tired of everything I'm already playing. I'm just like, I got nothing new. It's just, it almost depresses me sometimes. Not to cut you off, but you said something about a break, yeah, right? we are going to take Good. ourselves a break. Because I have to drop a giant log that's been working its way through my intestines. All right. And it's like about to pop <laughs> out of me. As I say, it's 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 turtle heading. Turtle heading. All right. We'll be back. We're going to break. Turtle heading. Presenting to you. Heard you have the coronavirus You said that you can't breathe In these trying times Our emotions are on our sleeves I wish that I could hug you tight And make sure that you feel alright But until you get over that virus You have to stay outside Get out of my house with that wheeze and sniff I ain't got no time for your highfalutin boo-hoo sick shit You can sit in the barn, you can hang with the cows You can go hunt game, you can rub one out Go outside on your own and die alone Go outside on your own and die And now for a special, special announcement. Guess what? We're back. That's right, Outreach. I'm back, baby. And I'm smoking more crack than ever, you sons of bitches. Come on and join me on the Abraham Lincoln Crack Emporium show on Thursdays. Nothing's going to stop me now unless I go on another crime spree and I'm back in jail. But uh, who knows what will happen in the future? I'll see you on Thursday, you dumb motherfuckers! What do you think of his vocal quality here? (laughs) 
a lot less polished. Yeah, a lot less polished. <laughs> Wanted to give you an example of what I was talking about earlier. And I have an example of the tough boy attitude that you were talking about. Okay. Is this a video or just a... It is a video, but the audio will do just fine. Okay. You ready? Sure. Okay. This is Down performing. It's the last song on the album, so we're getting a little preview. But this is Down performing Bury Me in Smoke. Now, little backstory. They have started the song already. Okay. So here you go. This is Ozfest. So when was that? I think it was 2002. Okay. I want to see more than that. I'm sick of people staring at us, man. Don't you look at me, motherfucker, unless you want to fight and you'll lose. <laughs> I want to see all you motherfuckers lose your mind. Pepper start the song again. I'm watching you. I want to see your Confederate flags <laughs> high in the air. I want to see them wave. I want to see them flap in the wind. I want to see all your Confederate flags. I want to see your hate. I want to see your Heil Hitler hands in the air. Oh, boy. White power. And so prime example of him <laughs> calling out the audience. I'll, I'll kick your ass and I'll win, motherfucker. I probably told this story on the Pantera episode, but I saw him with... Oh, God. I think it was uh, when Superjoint Ritual came back because they had broken up. And then they came back with a slightly different lineup, just known as Superjoint. Could not put the ritual on the end for legal reasons. Ah, Super Joint is still a pretty strong... I think it's even stronger. Yeah, uh, the problem is everyone thinks Super Joint Ritual... Is the same. Super Joint is about pot. And in fact, I made a Super Joint Ritual shirt in high school. I made it myself and like reprinted the logo on the back. I stitched every thread. Yeah. I actually bought a Dickies like, gas station shirt and... Uh, wrote super joint ritual on the back and the teacher said do you think that's really appropriate and i was like what do you mean she said well it's obviously about marijuana and i said no actually the name comes from them just getting together as a joint group they're kind of consider themselves like a super group and their ritual was to make music so it really had nothing to do with pot now they always put polys on everything that they ever put out but that's not what the name was about yeah and then super joint to me makes it even further that it's about pot. It's just like, I got a super joint here. That's what it sounds like. And I know yeah. he's always liked weed. So that's what I assume. But the story I was going to tell, he, some guy was like, stop talking, play more music. And uh, it was a guy that would look like he was in his 40s, overweight, had a mohawk. And Phil was like, you want to fight me, you mohawk having motherfucker. Look at you. Man in your 40s with a fucking mohawk. You're a fucking child. You want to fight me? Meet me out back. <laughs> so he thinks that mohawks are for kids. Uh, and you know what? The older I'm getting, the more I'm thinking that too. <laughs> little Sorry, boys, Tom. <laughs> little boys in the summertime when they're allowed to have their uh, hair cut into mohawks because yeah. it'll grow back uh, in before school starts. Yeah. <laughs> I see that all the time. Yeah, right. I'll say this. If it's a mohawk that you don't have to spend 20 fucking minutes to get it to put up, then 
It's acceptable to me at any age. Well, you said sorry, Tom, but Tom is just like unkempt, but like Tom still looks a like good, a mohawk. Yeah, Tom is, has a good one. Uh-huh, he doesn't I have think to so. do anything with it. To me, and I've said this before, especially with your age, the older you get, the more you spend on your time, you spend on your look. Are you really being a punk at that point? You're not supposed to really give a fuck about that kind of stuff. That's like the exact opposite of not yeah, giving a fuck. It's just your different style of fashion. So if you're a true punk, in my mind, you're just unkempt and you just, like, the last thing I'm thinking about is how I fucking look. I put some pants on and a shirt this morning. Who gives a fuck? So when you're spending like 20 minutes to get your foot-long mohawk to stay up, that seems a little diva-ish to It seems me. like something a kid would care about. Yeah. And I'm, I even took it further than the kid thing. Like, it just seems... The antithesis of well, a punk attitude. I more so think like a young. I don't. I don't think like a child though. I think like someone who is angsty and going through that stage in their life where they are just kind of like rebelling against authority yeah. and it's just kind of like fuck everything. Yeah. I think we all kind of go through it at oh, some yeah. point. Yeah, you can find plenty of photos of me with the very mohawk I was just complaining about. But you were younger. Yeah, you, I was very much younger, and I didn't have that thought that I have now of it's way more punk and way more rebellious to just. Don't give a fuck. Just get up and put some clothes on and go out the goddamn door. It, it, at this point, it's more punk to have a mohawk. No, I'm sorry. A mullet than a mohawk. Oh, my God. There's this kid that works at Skyline. He's got a glorious fucking mullet. It's blonde. He's tall and thin. And it's it's magnificent is the only word that can come to is mind. Is it like really straight? No, it's curly. Oh, my God. It does sound magnificent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like a lion. It's like pure podunk. Like the way his butt, you know, like when you think of a guy who talks like this. Oh, so it doesn't look like it's ironic. It looks, I I can't tell. I feel like it, at this point though, it, they're all ironic. I feel like this kid is doing both. I think he really loves it, but is also realizes that he looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but it's, it's great. Yeah. It's great. I wish uh, next time I go there in the drive-thru, I'm going to be like, I need a picture with you, buddy. <laughs> He's got to understand every second of it. <laughs> All, All right. right. Let's, let's get on to the songs. This is called Eyes of the South. Ooh, we get the bassy blues action. The bass player that's on this album, that's credited on this album, didn't really play the bass on this album. The. Kirk Weinstein, he played the bass on this album. Why did he not get credit? He did. Kirk? Yeah. He did get credit eventually, but they just... They put the bass player's name on the album because he played the bass live. They've had like four fucking bass players. One of them was the bass player from Pantera, Rex Brown, at one point. So at one point you had Damage Plan touring with Vinny and Dimebag, and then you had Down touring with Phil and Rex. Sounds and, crazy. And some people thought it was Rex's way of saying that he was against Dimebag and Vinny, which was not the case at all. Well, that, you want to know what I have to say about that? I want to know what you have to say about that. Good Lord! <laughs> <laughs> you look at me, you want to fight. <laughs> You're going to lose. <laughs> 
white power. <laughs> he totally said it. He totally said it. But not on the podcast. All you hear is my racist ass saying white power over and over again. That's true. <laughs> Isolate some of those out of there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go through all the episodes and find all the instances of All you. of the racist stuff? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's find every time you've talked about rape and hating women. That's fine. I'm fine with championing those things. <laughs> God damn! Oh, this, he, this he riff puts, is killer. He puts the tough on for this song. Hey, really? When he's getting ready to sing, it's not very tough at all. You don't hear that? This time is real. <laughs> I'm just so far removed from thinking it's tough that it's so hard for me to peg when you think it's tough. I don't think it's tough. I think he thinks it's tough. (laughs) (laughs) It's this. Yeah, I feel really... I definitely feel more disconnected from this song because I feel like this is... Even though, like, you mentioned the groove... Good lord! It just sounds like more of like a metal song. I think it, it, it's a little heavier. Yeah. I wrote down good lord and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is like those goddamn and that, that's like him doing his southern yeah. style. Yeah. But that, this is a song that like yeah. Even if I don't know what he's saying it just has that feeling to me that big like I'm coming at you big and I'm gonna sound tough I think it's just a man growling sounds tough he did a song with his wife his ex-wife her name was Opal not a bad name they had a band called I can't even remember but they had this song where it was called Southern Man and it was like Southern Man so he does dive into that every once in a while. And yeah, there are all sorts of rebel flags and shit with Pantera. Stuff like that. So there is definitely that Southern Boy thing. And then this seems this almost this is almost like cleaner, cheesier metal to me. Right there, that vocal yeah, part. This yeah. whole thing, like the structure of all of this, it's almost more on par with like Iron Maiden. No, not Iron Maiden, that's wrong. Iced Earth, or like, just like that clean sound that I don't think fits. Like it, it, it stands out to me because it's like the one time it sounds like that. There's Other than that, it sounds really like gruff and dirty. There's a song on the second album where they almost get revivalist, like, like Holy Rolling. Sort of, They're not with the context of the song, but like the way it sounds, yeah. Yes. Yeah, this just sounds like doomier and darker. I feel like this is a different. Like I don't, I don't feel this as much throughout the album. Like I feel like this yeah. song stands out for sounding like darker and. It's another song that has like a weird fade out that I don't expect. They've been labeled as a doom band before, so. And I don't think that really works until this song. Like I don't think that label applies on this album until this song. There's personally. a there's a later album that is more doom the way it's written is way mm-hmm. more in the doom metal world i think i expected down to be a little more doomy yeah well they definitely get that way in a, in a later album i just remember that the second album 
is called A Bustle in Your Hedgerow. So they're all about classic rock and stuff like that. They wanted to bring back a sense of rock and roll and not just balls out metal. Mm-hmm. Which like uh, Corrosion and Conformity, it's a more metal band. Uh, corrosion and Conformity? Corrosion of Conformity. I've never heard of this band. You that's said it very fast. That's the band that Pepper Keenan came from. Uh, Pepper Jack Keenan Thompson. And then uh, Kirk Weinstein, who is the... That's a great name. Yeah. He was in Crowbar. It was more of a metal band, and obviously Phil was in more of a metal band. So this was like their outlet to make more like blues-oriented songs. Yeah, because there's definitely a lot of blues solos in this riffs that aren't aren't necessarily blues riffs, but if you know the like uh, minor pentatonic scale, which is what all blues music is based off of. Yeah, you can tell that the riff is written in a minor pentatonic scale. So like if you know it. Like, oh, yeah, this is like in a blues world. It may not be a blues song, but it's in the blues dun, world. Dun, 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 My baby's just sitting down. Come on back home. I said I'm drinking and I don't want to come. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's move on to a song called Jail. <laughs> oh, and then we get... Smooth and toned down. Like, because you never would have heard this with Pantera. The closest thing they ever got to clean like this on Pantera would be when they covered a Black Sabbath song, Planet Caravan. Trippy, man. Got yeah, I don't like those weird, shit. ominous sounds. I think it's the music is fine. Like, still, I think he's the worst contributing member. Even if it's his, I mean, it's his thing, but still. That's what I was going to say. He's the worst contributing member, and he's basically the guy. And that makes sense, but it's just the the choices that he makes sometimes. I don't agree with some of his artistic choices. Makes, I didn't expect you to. I expected Phil to be the worst thing for you on this album. And he is. Yeah. There's, And I don't know why. I, I think it just, I feel like he represents a whole thing. And from things that I've seen, I think that he may be a big part of what, like, built the image of, like, me, like, connecting the tough guy thing with him. To metal in general? Yeah. Yeah. Or just guys that I've seen out in the world who try to be big and, like, they try to act like they're tough and stuff. Even if they're not, like, big muscular guys, there's still sometimes this, like... An attitude. This attitude. And that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, I, I like when I find out that metal guys are really just, like, big softies a lot of the time. Or, I mean... It, <laughs> and 90% of them are. And, the, and I like that. I think that that's more... That feels more genuine than someone who feels that they, like, have to try to be bigger than they really are. Yeah. I feel like I just kind of see through that. So there's something about Phil that really just kind of, like... He's like the representation of that to me. So there's just something about him that's just ugh to me. <laughs> and it's, it, it's not, it. and it's not that he's not talented. It's just his style, his like extra flair that he puts on is just not my flavor. I'll say this: I, there are times, much like that guy yelled at the concert. It's like Phil, just please, just do the songs. We don't need to hear your rant about this or that. I don't need you to hear you threaten somebody. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. You're Mr. Tough Guy. Please 
Let's just hear the music. That's why, that's why I came, was to hear the music. And for the three minutes you've been ranting about something, you could have played an extra song. What is that instrument? That, like, strumming? It's It doesn't sound like an, a guitar. It's like a stringed instrument. I'm not quite sure. It could just be like an electric guitar with some weird effect on it. But I, I don't, I don't do know. It sounds more like harpsichord-esque or something like could have been uh, of course it went away as soon as you started asking about it and in his heyday like when he was peak is this jail vocally yes okay when he was vocally at his peak he was like the dictionary of on how to do it. You've told me about how you've played like good Phil voice versus damaged Phil voice for your mom and things. And you've done it for me in the past as well. Like listen yeah. to him. But I think it's always been him like in his <clears throat> like hair metal days, like early Pantera, like listen to what he was capable of. Oh, when he could actually do like the, <laughs> and yeah. And then like, Wah! Yeah. Drugs <laughs> and a lot of drinking and a lot of cigarettes. Or as he called it in one DVD I watched, vitamin C. Cigarettes? Yeah. But I was going to say, like, I watched a vocal coach watch a Pantera video. And she was like, my God, the control he has to go into that distortion with his vocal and then go right back to singing is insanely impressive. But was he, like, even though it seemed impressive, was he doing damage at the time? I'm not sure. Probably, because there's not as much training as there is now. There's not as much understanding or then do you, as there is now. I mean, th or do you think that it was more substance? I'm going to say 70% substance, 30% damage. Like because I'm vocal sure if damage from just doing it. Well, and if you're fucked up, you might not be trying to do things correctly as well. Yeah, you that, might that just too. be pushing it out to get by. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But when you watch, like, right after the second album that Pantera put out, and he's just on top of it, they've just been touring nonstop, and he's, like, not super fucked up yet. Mm -hmm. He's just got so much control. He understands how his breathing works, like, Oh, it's all connected, and like you can do this in a correct way without damaging your voice. Mm -hmm. But then, like you said, drugs will make you just get lazier on things. Yeah, or you, yeah, you're just not as focused. Yeah, and I've heard him in interviews say that like sometimes when he was screaming on stage, like you're not supposed to scream like you scream when you're angry to get that tone. Like that, that's what does damage to your voice. It's actually a trick. When guys that scream, scream, it's actually not crazy loud like you think it would be. It's all vocal, like... Uh, Is it supposed to like slip more into like a vibrato or like more of like an operatic No, no, because they say that actually operatic <laughs> style. Uh, with more research, they're finding that all the classical training was actually pretty wrong. It could Damaging. do a lot more damage than they would tell you which is wild because they're still able to do insane things that most people couldn't do yeah but they were also doing things to get there that were <laughs> killing them uh 
So their time was limited at being able to do those things. They, they say that like the scream voice, it's based off of the vocal fry sound. Like the, uh, you just figure out how to, because that never hurts your voice. Uh, uh, you could do that all day and it never hurts. And actually that's some vocal warm-ups for any type of singing. They'll suggest just do like 30 seconds of doing vocal fry. Mama made me mash my m <laughs> But Phil has said that there was points in his career when he was in such back pain and like so angry at himself that the scream was emotional. So when you're emotionally screaming on stage, you're actually fucking killing your voice. When you're not doing the emotional and you're actually just mimicking the sound, mm-hmm. the microphone is what does all the work. For some reason, when you do that scream, that vocal fry scream, it's putting out so many frequencies from your throat that the microphone picks up every single one of those frequencies and it just sounds fucking huge because it's like way more frequencies all at once than any other instrument on stage. Like a guitar, it's doing whatever three notes you're playing at that time. And it's those three frequencies. Whereas when you're screaming, it's every fucking frequency in your throat all at once. So it's chaos. it just overpowers everything without you actually at crazy volume. So it's actually, it's probably less than this. When guys scream, they're just going, ah, I can't do it at all. But there's science involved to not hurt yourself. Well, we'll have uh, Steven Tyler on and he'll let us know he about fucking it. fucking ruined his voice. Let's go on to losing all. <laughs> love this song. I love this part. This is what called losing all. This is a complete rip off of a Black Sabbath song. I wish I could remember which one. Yeah, I think this has more of a classic feel, like sound to it. I love the drums. It, it, it just sounds like a someone put like a higher spin, like a higher tempo on a uh, like a Sabbath song. It sounds I, like a more of a classic groove. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's a Black Sabbath song that this is very close to. <laughs> I wish I could remember what it was. I'd play it for you if I can't. Do they, are they like known Black Sabbath fans? Oh, yeah. They would say, down is our Black Sabbath. Okay, I didn't know. I remember you saying something about that earlier, but I didn't know if you meant that was their perspective. There's a story about Kirk, the guitar player. He religiously used this uh, called string talk, I think it was what it was. It's a spray that you spray on your hands and your strings so you can slide up and down easier and have less what they call string talk sound when you move up and down. Makes sense. And they would give him shit in the band. And then one time they went to a Sabbath show. And of course they're backstage because of Phil. And I'm sure all of them are respected enough to get backstage. And they saw that fucking uh, Tony Iommi used it. And he was like, look, if the if the Lord can <laughs> use that, then I can fucking use that. So they're referencing Tony Iommi as like God. So yeah, huge Sabbath heads. And why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I got a message from Tom Jeffries. What, did he know that we were talking about him? I don't know, maybe. That you were talking shit about his hair? (laughs) Yeah, Tom, your head's stupid. (laughs) Tom has the good mohawk. Doesn't need to do anything. Doesn't put any product in it. If you're going to be a guy who puts product in it, it better be unflavored gelatin or fucking glue. Otherwise... You're no different from a fucking 
girl walking down the uh, catwalk. Except that you don't have a catwalk. On the catwalk. Love the hi hat thing there. High energy. It's, it's fucking awesome if you ask me. Fuck! <laughs> Let me get a blues solo. It's very penetrating. Minor pentatonic, as they'll say, for all the musical nerds out there. Now, they call that minor pentatonic, Michelle, because it's the minor scale, and uh, they go with five notes out of the minor scale. They give it that real big blues sound. And it's the only scale that Sam Iser can comfortably play solos in. The only scales I know about are the ones that weigh things. <laughs> I remember Zach Brewering, our friend and one-time podcaster who will be on soon again. He'll be on again. I remember in high school, he was like, man, do you know? He's like, I only know the minor pentatonic scale. Do you know any others that you could teach me? I was I like, like your Zach voice, by the way. I really wasn't doing a Zach voice. I'll do a Zach voice. Hey, man. That was terrible. Anyway, he asked me, do you know any other scales besides the minor pentatonic? And I was just like... Nope. <laughs> it's the one I used to, man. <laughs> and he was like, shit. <laughs> but it's the it's used all the time. BB King lived on the fucking minor pentatonic scale. And cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah. He was a huge guy. Well, he's dead now. I bet he's still dead. I think. <laughs> yeah, BB King died. He definitely died. Oh yeah, Eric Clapton cried. When is Damn. Eric Clapton not crying? Why does everyone around Eric Clapton die? Uh, Even his he, kid couldn't stand him and jumped he, off the balcony. He, he puts out hits on all of them and then makes up stories that it wasn't his fault. It was him. He's the one who killed his own son. Even though everyone thinks he's a nice guy. You've got everyone fooled, Mr. Clapton. Everyone fucking fooled. All right, let's move on to Stone the Crow. This is the only song that is not labeled as explicit on Google Play. Makes sense. This is like the most radio-friendly song. Yes, yeah, me. I think have. so. This groove right here sounds very... I don't want to say pop, but it just sounds more radio-friendly for sure. More standard. For sure. Absolutely. Since I don't know things about chords and stuff, my theory knowledge is... My theory composition knowledge is very limited. I think it's the song that has the least screaming on it. It's the most singing. And that style of his singing right there. I think it had a very, like, alternative grunge. You know, they did release singles of this. And I'm pretty sure this was the only one. This sounds like it would be a single. Stone the Crow uh, reached number 40 on the mainstream rock truck charts. Any more singles? Yeah, they had more singles released, but none of them were uh, made anywhere. Lifer was the first one released. Okay. Stone the Crow, second one. Temptation's Wings, third one. And then the last song we'll hear, Bury Me in Smoke. Oh, that was, was the fourth a single, one. huh? It always sounds to me like he's going flim flam from first. It definitely <laughs> sounds like he's saying flim flam. 
<laughs> That's another choice that I disagree with. Oh, I love this. I'm so jealous of that fucking tone. I think Kent is too, like a little bit. Kent always seemed to enjoy yeah, he loves Phil. The, the style. Yeah. Kent is the sole reason I'm into Phil and Selma. He's the one that showed me Pantera first. He's the one that got me into Down. He's the one that got me into Super Joint Ritual. When Super Joint Ritual came out, I was like, nah, I'm not into it. And now it's like, now they're like one of my favorite bands. Did that band start with Hank 3 being involved or was that just a short thing? Uh, he was just a touring member. Okay. Played bass. This and dog needs a bath. Kent and I saw Super Joint Ritual. Can't remember where. Might have been an Ozfest. And we were sitting in the seats. And everyone was, you know, the pit up front was, you know, into it. But then everyone that was sitting around, like, in the back, we were basically just waiting for Ozzy to come on. So Kent and I, alone, standing up, headbanging, like, moshing together. Just me and him to Super Joint Ritual. And that was the reason we were at the concert, because we knew Super Joint was going to be there. Beavis and Butthead yourselves. <laughs> yeah. He's the Beavis, I'm the Butthead. Absolutely. <laughs> He's got Beavis tattooed on his leg. That's right. I forgot. With a, With a chainsaw. Wearing a Cadaveri Spasm shirt. Oh, seriously? Seriously. Huh. <laughs> Interesting, right? Does he have a chainsaw, though? Yeah. I thought all so. bloody. Yeah. yeah. Kent told me today, by the way, update on the broken headstock from that story I told you about where I broke the guitar on stage. And yes. got put in a shadow box. Correct. He had it. He ended up with it. And he thinks he threw it away. Which, by the way, how can you throw away that piece of rock and roll history, you son of a bitch? <laughs> he cared as much as everyone else did. <laughs> people, up until a few years ago, still brought up that goddamn performance to people. To Kent and I. Like, man, I remember seeing you in high school at that Battle of the Bands, and you broke the guitar, and you guys brought all those center blocks out on stage. But yeah, because we made it. It was one of those deals where all day it was just a talent show. You know, it was just a little battle of the bands kind of thing. And then when we played, it was a fucking concert, man. When you play shows in, like, the Ohio area, yeah. do you ever see people when you're playing with Jello that remember you from Corpuside days? Yeah, I do. And they always ask me, what's up with Corpuside? And I say, well, I killed it. <laughs> I'm the guy who put the nail in the coffin. You and Adam, but really you, right? Uh, really me in the sense that I'm the one who made the call. I'm the one who said this is done. Everyone else was kind of willing to give it another I, shot. Adam would have gone on with it for as long as possible because he's not the type to be proactive and say, I think I'm done. I think we should be done. Yeah. And Kirk still wants to do it. <laughs> he still's like, yeah, but man, I miss Corbisad. And I know Kent would like to do it again, but he's such a family man now that he doesn't, he can't really dedicate that time. Oh, yeah. Which is why I have written songs and given it to yeah. him, and I would love to put out just a studio album with him. I would love to do that. And if it led to some shows, that'd be fucking killer too. But I do not expect him to ever want to hit the road again, you know? Hit the road again. Whereas Kirk says he wants to. Now, if he has a job or not, he'll hold him back or not. Kirk wants to sleep. Adam, Adam would go. 
and look at porn in your van <laughs> on the road Christ, again. Jesus Christ, that was so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you can look at porn, I don't care. Especially if it's even in your own car. But if I have taken you somewhere and I go, gee, where's my friend at? I better go check the van. And I go and he's just in a seat watching some girl getting her ass rubbed. A much older woman, by the way. Of getting course. His, getting her ass rubbed. That's what he likes. I stood there for like 30 seconds like, is this, is he watching? And then like as the pants started getting taken off, I was just like, uh, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> what, man? <laughs> it was totally like that. I, I watch porn all the time. <laughs> this isn't weird. It was so fucked up. It was so basically what happened. <laughs> oh, you're going to tell, wasn't it? He's like, you're going to tell Michelle, aren't you? And I was like, absolutely. I'm going to tell everyone. You <laughs> <laughs> can't hold back on that and one. And now we've told everyone who listens. So you few handfuls of people, now you know. Yeah. Yep. And he'll be back soon, too. He sure will. All right. Let's move on to a song I like to call Pray <laughs> for the Locust. <laughs> God, Sam, you're so genuine and smart and creative. Well, thank you. Because you're the one who likes to call thank all these you. things what they're already called by other people. I've been waiting for you to call me smart and creative since the second year we got together again. <laughs> How long do you think it took for you to get over my talents? <laughs> get over your sh- I mean, huh. I've never gotten over your shit. Um, I don't know. I've never... I'm st- I still go to your shows sometimes. Yeah, but there was a point when we first got together, you were like, wow, I can't believe you could just do this. And I still think that sometimes about things just because I'm not able to play instruments. <laughs> I always say if you can, you know, being able to do anything like this is better than what I can do. Yeah. So kudos, but yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> it reminds me, comedians will say like, people are always like, oh, I bet your wife thinks you're so funny. And then they're always like, my wife is so fucking over me making jokes. Like, she wants me to stop. <laughs> or she goes along with it and helps. Because there are people like like Jim Gaffigan's wife. I forgot the Pray for the Locust was just a really tiny interlude. Oh, I didn't even to, realize that. We're on to Swan Song, which is another Zeppelin reference. What was I saying? Uh, Talking about, probably I think you're going to talk about Anne-Marie going along with Tom. Huh? Didn't you say something about Tom? No. Okay, well, we were talking about... Oh, were you going to say Tom Segura? I didn't say anything about Tom. I swore you said something about Tom, but we were talking about wives supporting or possibly helping in the thing that their husband does. Oh. Did I say Tom? I don't (laughs) think that that doesn't seem right, though. I don't know. (laughs) Much like 95% of the podcast I really wasn't listening to. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) That joke. I would like to have made the point that I was making. Might come back. Probably not. We can after this song, we can stop and we can go back and listen, and then you can come back. Yeah. It won't matter anymore. <laughs> This groove is fucking killer. What's up? 
trying to remember. You don't listen to me, so you don't know what I was saying. I was listening. I just forgot. I forget fucking everything. Like we said, it turns out it's not pot that makes me forget things. It's that I have no memory for anything. Bugging me that I don't remember. Tell you we can go back. Well, let's talk about it more on the podcast, so it's weird instead of just doing it secretly. I didn't even mean doing it secretly. I was gonna literally go. All right, we're gonna go check. Stop. Okay, we're back. (laughs) 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 Grunting like an ape. A skunk ape. A Joe Rogan. You remember when our friend Shree's boyfriend Johnny was around? Yeah. Unfortunately. He wanted to start a band with me called Skunk Ape. Why? Well, one, he just wanted to start a band with me. And two, a Skunk Ape is the Sasquatch that covers itself in dead animals to, uh... I hate this part. Smell so bad that nobody wants to be around it since he wants to be in solitude. The skunk ape. God damn it, I'm trying! <laughs> it feels also known for doing those multiple vocal tracks. Like going over himself, delaying things. Thanks. No, thank you. Ha <laughs> Comedy. Is it really comedy though? That's him being a jokester. He's he's all he's always said that he was like a jokester, always wanted to be goofy. But then he always had the side of I'm a badass, and then as drugs took over, he lost the goofiness and just, you know, fly off the handle. More and then had to get serious when he got clean, and then got to serious. Get his but shit now he's goofier together. than ever. Now he's like the videos that he does; they're always goofy. Uh, he understands that as he talks, he's just being a ridiculous character. Oh. Did you just see it? Oh my god! A huge piece of belly button. Looks <laughs> 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 like you picked a bug out of your <laughs> belly button. I'll lay that there to oh. throw away. <laughs> You're just laying it on a piece of mail. Yeah, the mail's getting thrown away too. <laughs> I get such huge things of belly button lit. Because you have, I think men get it because they have belly button or they have belly hair that rubs on shirts that makes and sense. creates lint. Because I never, on with my smooth big belly, ever <laughs> receive any lint inside of my belly button it just doesn't happen it's like our hair sands off the shirt that's what it seems deposits like. it in the crevice that's what my thighs do to pants though i i wear holes in my thighs because they're always hugging and making friends we'll that is that directly in my eye view it looks like one of those fuzzy jumping spiders <laughs> <sighs> thank was, you for taking it out of my sight it's delicious we have All one right. more song we have one more this is called bury me in smoke I was familiar with this song from you. Bury me in smoke. I can't remember what song Corpusite used to do, but it might have been this one. 
I don't think so, though, because it's got this weird timing to it. Did you maybe do it once? Well, I remember a story. The instance when we decided, hey, let's do this down song. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, learn it. We'll come back next week and we'll practice it. Okay. We show up and uh, we're like, all right, let's try it. And Adam starts counting it in and starts playing. And Kirk and I and Kent start playing one song and Adam starts playing a different song. And we're like, what? what? Let's, let's try it again. Same thing happens. And then we realize that Adam learned a completely different down song <laughs> than we did. And then we're like, all right, well, you already learned it, so we'll just learn the one you learned. And I can't remember what three songs they were. Three people learned what one person learned instead of the one person having to learn what the three people learned. Yeah, I think we were like, yeah, that'd still be a cool song. <laughs> and Kent was just happy to do a down song, so... I've definitely heard this. I'm not sure how, but I've heard this in, before. Unless I'm just familiar with... Yeah, I feel like I've just heard this somehow. Might have. I don't know if I've ever listened to Down Around You or not. I feel like I've, I've heard things through friends and being in vehicles with your friends and stuff as well. I'm sure Kent, in the interest of trying to play something that was a little more mass appealing in the car with you would probably down would probably be a choice I wouldn't think that Kent would give a shit about me when oh. with his choices of Absolutely. what he's gonna play he would care more about you is what I would think no. he wouldn't care about oh, me he knows he could play a lot more stuff with just me in the car and it, this would be a band and I would feel the same way that are we gonna listen to Dying Fetus Pantera or Down well Down's gonna be the one that is a little more tolerable. We're definitely not listening to Fetus. <laughs> Kent cares, man. Kent doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, there's those. Don't know what is that I'm happening? Die. Yeah, you can hear it real low. Bare I can yeah, barely hear it. Awesome. I bet if I turned. If I was just listening to the music and turned it up. Yeah, I didn't notice it there. I'm dying. did it on everything. This has more of a doomy sound to it. Yeah, I agree. But not like here so much. It's just that dun 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 They really do, again, I'll give down props that they, I think that their songs are very colorful in the fact that it's not just like a standard thing all of the time. They'll they'll go into different tempos and they'll go into like not different styles, but they'll just go into totally different riffs that sounds like it would maybe be in a different yeah. song. Or they like change the timing and shit. It's like Dying Fetus. Every song is Dying Fetus. It's mm -hmm. pretty much the same. Whereas bands like Down, you get it. Like you said, it's colorful. It's they didn't want to write the same song over and over and over and over again. Which could be either one of my favorites. Which is interesting, because if you think about it, like, colorful versus just being, like, one color, I think Weezer falls into that, and they painted themselves on that with being like, this is the green album, this is the blue yeah, album. Yeah. And each album really does sound like something different instead of colorful, where it sounds like multiple different things are going on. Yeah, that, that's got to be way more... Uh, I don't know what the word is. 
fulfilling as an artist to not just be like, this is the one thing I do. That every album is the blue album? Yeah. Which is what people expected from Weezer. Yeah. And, and there's no way they could give the blue album every time. No. And no band should... It sucks because, and I'm, I'm a, a victim of this sword, too, for sure. like you're going to lose a lot of your fans. Mm-hmm. You're going to gain a lot of fans as well. But, you know, it's, it happens with every band where you're like, well, it was only good for... It's like with me and Tool. I don't like what Tool became, but I fucking love early Tool. So you, you ride this line of, am I going to alienate all the fans I've just made? Or should I even care about alienating them? Because really, this art is about me. It's about expression. It's about where I'm at in my life. I mean, it definitely sucks because I think if you create stuff like you want support, so you want people to like be on board for everything. But I would think at least getting someone on board for something that you did is better than nothing. Like if you only had one, if there's only one album that you made that they liked, it's better than them liking zero albums. That's true. It's very true. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to think of it that way because, again, we're just, we want to be liked and we're creating things and we put it out. We want a response. I mean, it's like that with many professions. Yeah. So. And especially in the art world, you don't really get in a band because you don't want people to look at you. You know, I mean, you can act that way as much as you want, but you're still getting on stage. It's either because you want notoriety, you want fame, or because you want to get your music out to the masses. Yeah. Like it's it's one or the other, really. Yeah. And I've, I was terrible about this for a long time, but you just be like, oh, I don't care. I don't care what people think of me. It's like, yeah, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Like, you do too. Maybe not fully that it governs your life, but this is that song that fades out and comes back uh but you're doing that to get attention you're doing that to look at me look at me listen to me look at what i made it's still about wanting uh, some sort of acceptance and uh it should be coming back right about now love the drums it only comes back for a very short amount though right I'm surprised Phil didn't give it one last. I'm kind of surprised too, but I'm glad that he didn't. I think it was nice just having the music. And ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the album Nola by the band. Everyone likes to call down. (laughs) I gave it to everyone that time. (laughs) Uh Everyone likes and enjoys calling them down. Yeah, they love it. All right. Love it. Well, Sam, I think that we might be to the point of the podcast where it's time to go over some questions. That's what I was going to do. Did you see me touch my face like I was getting ready to do that? And that's why you did that? Because I was like, this time I'm going to tap on my face and make this song. Questions. And then you did it. <laughs> I didn't. I was just getting ready to do it myself. I was now like, it's your turn. Well, it wasn't going to be that good. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have chubbier cheeks, so it's not going to sound as good as your uh, hollow cheeks. But good job, Sam. Thanks. So why did you choose this album? Oh, excuse me. Uh, I don't really have a good reason. I was uh, I was kind of scrambling for things. 
and then I was like, well, who do I really, who do I really like? And then I thought, you know, Phil and Selma, I always, he's a go-to when I want to listen to music. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, super joint ritual. And then I was like, wait, no down. And that's really as much as I can come up with as why I gave you this album, this album and specifically in the down world, it's my favorite down album. Mm-hmm. So that's why I chose this album specifically. But the first thought was, I'm going to give you down. And then I almost gave you the second one because I think you would have had an easier time with it. Uh, I know Bob likes it, and I don't think Bob likes any other down. But I was like, you know what? It's not about what she's going to like. It's about the album that I like the mm-hmm. most. So. It's about your choice. Yep. So you got this one. So what do you think I thought when you gave it to me? I think you were just... Uh, ah, fuck. Here comes Phil and Salmo. I'd say that's probably pretty accurate yeah. as far as my judgment goes prior to listening to it. Because you knew without me telling you that Phil yeah. Solo was in town. It was Phil, right? I Yeah, I would say that I... I mean, I definitely wasn't excited. Yeah. But at the same time, there are other things that... I don't know. Because uh, to be honest, when it came to like not just you telling me but my actual judgment prior to listening to it it took me a while to listen to it it's like to even the first time yeah like so i mean it did yeah it took me a while i I would say that there was definitely a wall a phil and selma wall you you don't like phil so makes sense i don't like phil so that's correct (laughs) um this will not be the last phil and selma band i give you i have at least two more bands all right. <laughs> One of them you won't be the singer of, so you'll like that. Will I? Will I Pro- like it? No, you probably won't like okay. that album. <laughs> that makes sense. So, God, as far as most and least favorite songs, I don't know if I can identify these okay. to choose what I think the your most and least favorite songs are, but I guess going with, you know, what we do, I am going to guess. I'm going to I'm going to shoot and miss of what I think your least favorite song is. You ready? Lay it on me. I think your least favorite song is. I have no fucking idea. Um, I'm saying Pray for the Locust. Does that count as a song? I mean, it's musical, isn't it? Yeah, but I consider it kind of an interlude. I'll give you another shot because I'm not counting that as a song. It's just a short song, though. I don't know. I guess we'll consider it. The answer is no. That's okay. not my least favorite song. Good, because I didn't want to try and guess again. Okay. My actual least favorite song was, in fact, their most popular song, Stone the Crow. That was something I was considering, but <clears throat> I didn't. I mean, I still enjoy it, but it's almost a little too Southern for me. It's too Leonard Skinnerty. Like this part especially. It's just not it's not my bag, man. Still enjoy it, but gotta have a least favorite on the album. Alright. What do you think my least favorite song is? See, th- I think this is even harder for me. Oh, what you want things to be harder for you. No, I want them to be easier for me. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Temptations Wings because it was the first song. It's not correct. Okay. My least favorite song is something that, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, good Lord, I don't know Eyes of the South. Oh, okay. 
This is one of the few that I looked up and I expected the lyrics to be much more, you know, like of the South. And I didn't like Southern pride or anything in there was nothing in the lyrics that had anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's the attitude behind this song is a big reason why I don't like it. It's got that like I'm a dude, I'm walking through here. I'm gonna smash some. I'm puss. walking through here. <coughs> Tickled my throat a lot. Oh jeez. <coughs> Alright. So yeah, that's a song that I don't enjoy. Yeah, doing Phil and Selma voice fucks your throat up. <coughs> it hasn't this whole time, but uh, it, it got you this time. It Jeez, was something vibrating and dangling saliva you, or something. Why don't you take a drink of that bottle of what I like to call water? I, uh, <laughs> I already did, and it didn't help. Good lord! Good lord! So, what do I think your most favorite song is? My guess, I really don't know. <clears throat> I kind of want to say "Bury Me in Smoke," but I also think that that's not true. Um, so I'm not going to go with it. I don't know. My guess is Hail the Leaf. I really have no idea. Take my favorite song is Hail the Leaf. I don't even... <clears throat> it is a good one, but it's not my choice. My choice, and I've, I don't know why, always love this song. It's called Losing All. I don't It almost has like a progressive sound to the music. Not here, but that Yeah, that prior riff. Mm-hmm. It's got both of best worlds to me in Phil and Soma World. Both of best worlds? Both I wanna the hear best them. of both worlds. You get the get the actual his style of singing clean. And then you get the just coming up soon, I think. And he's like I'm losing all. And it gets back into the real mean. Doesn't go into it there, but it's got everything that I love about the music and the vocals all in one song. What's your favorite song? Man. Yeah, Sam, what is that? Stone the Crow? No. Okay. Not. That's not it. You thought that my favorite was your least favorite? Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to metal, that's probably usually a good technique. <sighs> no. What's your favorite? I think my favorite, because I I labeled this as easy, easy listening aggression. Uh, Barry Mean Smoke, I think. And it, it was, Damn it. I was going to go with that one. And I think because there it was familiar to me. There's something about it that's familiar. I know I've heard it before. If I ever heard it, it would make me think of you. Aw. <laughs> well, I mean, what other connection am I going to have to any of this? That sweet, sexy filler Selmo. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say bury me in smoke. All right. There we go. There we go. Least and um, favorites. Yeah. So, how old were you when you started listening to this? Since you, I mean, it came out in '95, and you said it was a while. Yeah, I had no idea it was that old. I'm gonna say, probably out of high school. I cannot give you an exact. Out age. of high school. I think so. How did you originally feel about it? Because you had already listened to Pantera, I assume. Yeah, and I think. I. 
I think this is a heavy drinking area for me, so my memory is pretty foggy on all this. But I think it took me a while. I think I liked it a little. And then more listens made me enjoy it even more. Because I think I wanted it to be Pantera. Who did Kent kind of rally for this? Yes. Okay. It kind of Absolutely. Felt, felt like something that he would try and convince you to Kent's, like. Kent's got way more of an open mind than I do on things. He can like him from the first listen and hear good things about it. There's things that I have to listen to it 10 fucking times or listen to it 10 years after everyone else and then go, oh, wait, that was actually pretty good. Well, speaking <laughs> of Kent's taste, uh, so far, pretty much every movie that he has suggested to me, I haven't liked. Um, but I think he did say that he wasn't really a fan of that Midsommar movie, Midsummer, whatever. Uh, I watched it yesterday, and I liked it more than Hereditary and The Witch. And I don't know what you're talking about at all. Midsommar? Is it S-O-M-A-R? S-O-M-M-A-R, maybe? Okay. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't really know how to explain it it without giving it away. Is it the same world as Hereditary and The Witch? Uh, These people go to Switzerland, I believe, on a trip. Ah, it's these friends and the girlfriend whose family just died. Uh, he invites her and his friends are like not super happy about it. But she goes and then trouble ensues. Trouble ensues. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about it. So I haven't seen Hereditary or The Witch. So Or Midsommar. Nope, I'm so out of touch with anything anymore. It's kind of bad, but I... To have a good time with it. <laughs> All right. I'm okay with it. Would you recommend this album today? Uh, to people who like heavier music, yes. This is still on the top of my list. I still think it's very well-rounded. Uh, if, if you listen to more contemporary music and stuff like that, no. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Most of my albums, I wouldn't recommend those type of people. But if you're in this you world. Me type of people? Yeah. <laughs> but if you're in this world, then yes. Yeah. Which is fair because I would not choose to listen to it again. It's just not my bag. I'm not saying it's garbage. It's just not my bag. Yeah. So. I think you said that about Pantera too. Yeah. Because I can, I think that there are grooves that happen that I can appreciate. And maybe a little more with Pantera, even though it's heavier. But I don't know because I haven't heard, I haven't heard a lot of down, but I'm kind of turned off by like. slow sentimental metal sometimes especially when it comes from someone who wants to sound so big and tough sometimes Uh like i want to be the most i want to sound like the most powerful person around all of a sudden takes it to this like weird vulnerable place Uh i i kind of disconnect from stuff like that more that makes sense phil just came out with this uh new project where it's all very mellow it's all like acoustic guitars and it's kind of the idea of and I've not really listened to much, but I know when Chris Cornell has done his own or ha- had done his own thing, it would usually be much more mellow and it was not stuff that I would be into at all. Yeah, it I'm just gonna, didn't appeal to me. Yeah. I liked when he was heavier. I liked Soundgarden in the early days. I mean, there are some Audio Slave songs here and there, but mostly I like early Soundgarden. Yeah, me too. I'm right. I'm in the same boat with you on that one. I told you that story about Soundgarden having to cancel their tour early when uh, Bad Motorfinger came out. 
and they became such a huge band all of a sudden, and Chris had to go on tour. Oh, you did tell me. Like, his first real big, you're going on, like, months of touring and have to play almost every day. Mm-hmm. And he fucking killed his voice because he wasn't singing correctly. He was destroying his throat, and they had to cancel their first major tour, which could have killed their career. But luckily, they came out with Super Unknown mm-hmm. and had even bigger success. So good for you, dead Cornell. Good for you, dead Cornell. Okay, so we're we're done with that album. All right, we're officially done with down. Put it on the shelf. It is finished. That I closed that window, bud. God, that cat is cute. Yeah, that insane cat. And he needs to get off the fucking table. Well, he's okay. He's gonna knock that fucking thing over. Hey. Get down, you son of a bitch. Uh, I think he may have definitely dipped his tail in it. So. <laughs> now he got wax tail. God, you remember when uh, little Juan got covered in wax? Yeah, he actually had a, can- he made a candle fall on him. Oh, that was so bad. This would at least be, I think, better. Because this is, this, like, wax melt stuff is softer. Yeah. So I think it would be easier to get off. And you didn't have an entire candle poured on top of him. Oh, that poor cat. Yeah, that was awful. Okay, so I have been racking my brain about what to give you next. Like this entire podcast, I've just been looking at different things, unsure of what to give you. Okay. I've, and I don't know why. I don't. I I don't know why it's tough to decide. If I have a list of things that I want to give you, I still feel like I don't want to just go down a list and be like this. Like I still have to feel like it's kind of the right time. That makes sense to me. I don't know if it's the right time for this because there have been other things that I think would be more jarring to you that might not you might not be ready. God, I don't know why I'm what, so nervous about this. Things like she had a need to feel the thunder. No, uh, that's easy for everyone. <laughs> everyone can handle a little Garth. Well, I've been thinking about that song for the past two days. Good for you. I'm proud of you. So we're going to listen to something that I am nervous about giving you, but it's not as jarring as like Justin Timberlake. Um... I'm giving you the album Days Are Gone by Haim. Okay. We'll see how this goes. All right. It's a girl group, three sisters. We'll and see how it goes. The bass player has goofy faces. They they write their own music and they play their own instruments. So they're a girl rock band. We'll see how this goes. All right. But the music sounds has like an 80s retro-y sound. It's not something I'd usually listen to, but this is going to be interesting. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. So, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Yes, thank you. Uh, we're piss poor on social media, but we're there. We are on Facebook. We are on YouTube. Barely. We need to get the fuck on that and get some videos out. True. Sorry. Yep. That's she's, all on you. She's staring directly at me. I can't do it. <laughs> There's There are a lot of steps that I know nothing about, so that's on you. But, yeah, rate us. Review us. I mean, we review other things, so we can take a review of what we do. Let us know. If you want to be on the podcast, send us a message on Facebook. We would love, you know, suggestions from people. And if anyone's interested, let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, because please remember, we're nobody special either. So if you don't think you're special enough... You're wrong. We are no one, (laughs) as you've noticed. We are just people who talk shit with no right. If you saw me, you'd be like, she has no right to talk shit about anybody. She's a monster. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.